Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Maz, joined here by my co-host, Mutahir, and hey. today we're covering over uh, Hero of Ages. We're starting part four, Beautiful Destroyer, and we'll be covering chapters 45 through 51. Previously on Av- I mean, the Hero of Ages. So last we left off, Vin is captured in this cache-like place by Yeoman and his men. And she sees Reem. So we're just going to pick up right from there. Yeah, so Vin is just like, in chapter 45, she's just like looking at Reen. But she's kind of caught on like I did because, you know, we're both really smart. That, <laughs> that Reen isn't real or that Reen isn't real. Okay, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. It was kind of obvious that Reen is not actually there. I guess that her Lord Ruler was anyways. Um, but that's not relevant here. Anyways, anyways. <laughs> uh, she knows that he wasn't an Alamancer, let alone a Mistborn, which is what it seemed like whenever she was fighting him. Uh, and they start fighting, and then she realizes, like, the alimantic pulses from Reen are, like, super similar <laughs> to that of the Mist Spirit that was, like, all over the second book. There was, like, a super anime moment where everything was, like, dark and ruined is just, like, inside of her mind, just talking to her. And uh, it's revealed that Doreen's voices were, what's his name, were all ruins. But except for the ones that, like, were that were responding to her own thoughts because Ruin can't, you know, can't invade thoughts. Yeah, uh, and I did, um, for what it's worth, I did really enjoy... Uh, ruins. I don't even want to say thought process, but his rationalization, I guess, <laughs> because he, whenever he kind of like drops the act, he kind of confronts her. He's like, you know, why is the end so bad? You know, if there's no end, you know, there can't really be a beginning. And then whenever with an end, you know, there could be a new beginning and stuff. And I'm not sure if he necessarily means that. Uh, actually, I don't know, right? Because for him, his entire like manifestation is that decay and destroy things over time right yeah so he wants there to be a new thing that he wants there to be creation of something new for for there to be for it to be destroyed i guess i should say so it's a flawed philosophy that's why he's the villain no i don't (laughs) necessarily know if it's a flawed philosophy right like that's just that's him he is the manifestation of decay and ruin so yeah and chaos right so he doesn't necessarily want just destruction and no creation like obviously he himself you know we talked about this in earlier epigraphs he he does create things for the purpose of making the destruction and chaos easier but he does do he does create things if that makes sense like he created yeah the, he created hemalurgy he creates um, chaos <laughs> no that's not what i mean <laughs> i know <laughs> I I think that the epigraph for chapter forty five sort of proves my theory about Vin being a hemallergic person, and also the like <laughs> events that happened in chapter forty five, where Ruin was like, you know, has been talking to her for all these years, because 
she can pierce copper clouds. Yes, but, but the earring. Okay, so I'm not disagreeing with this theory, but it does bring up a very, very bloody reality. Uh, when you use, oh. no, when you use <laughs> hemallergy, if you want something to be stronger, that means the original person that was stabbed or killed with that spike has to be either mistborn or a misting of that type. For example, Inquisitors could pierce copper clouds because they would either kill Ska Mistborn or Ska Seekers, right? Because they would burn bronze or... Yeah. Yeah, bronze, which let them pierce copper clouds. So what that means is that the... Because to my... Yeah, uh, Vin's sister was killed, right? And that's the earrings that she had or whatever. So yep. that means her sister was either Mistborn or a Seeker. Mm-hmm. Because we know that her sister was like beat up badly, so she could have snapped. Her sister could have snapped. And yeah, got yeah. Into... As, a, as a baby. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay, so I guess wait, that brings up a good question, though. Do you need to snap for the Hemalurgy to take your powers? Probably. Probably. Okay. If that's the case, then that makes that bloody reality even bloodier because, yes, that means that that was like a, a baby that was physically abused. Yeah. That is messed up. Uh, <laughs> continue. Yeah. I just wanted to bring that up that, like, just making sure we all understand what it is that happened. Continue. Chapter 46's epigraph confused me. Yeah. Okay. So these, uh, these ones I don't like because, like, you, they, I don't fully understand them i think i do but i think it's also one of those things that it's just it's hard to wrap your mind around because it's dealing with godlike beings yeah um, it's super weird yeah it, it, it looks like it's basically saying that ruin couldn't escape from the well of ascension he couldn't use the power at the well of ascension right because as soon as, as soon as vin went in she felt this massive surge of power that surge of power was preservation's power. So, um, to my understanding, it's the prison was created using preservation's power. Um, so the prison, though, I guess the walls of the prison is preservation's power, and the well itself is also preservation's power. And so, whenever someone goes in there, if they want to release ruin. Or I guess just open up the door, open up the gate, let him out. They they can because the Well of Ascension, that's preservation's power, and the prison is preservation's power. So it acts like a lock and key kind of thing. It's like matching DNA, I guess. You get what I'm saying? It, it it's like one of those things. It's uh, for those of you who work in IT, you guys will understand this. Uh, private key, public key pairs, stuff like that. Cryptography, <laughs> right? This ain't helping me out, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, think about it, right? Like, you have a key and you have a lock. The lock is preservation's body, and the key, which was the power that Vin felt, the key is also preservation's. That's why they have a lock and key kind of mechanism. 
And the reason why Ruin himself couldn't just pick up the power and then unlock himself out was because he's a Ruin. He's He cannot touch Preservation's power because I think it said something like it would destroy them both. Okay. I think I get it. Yeah, again, it's not it's not something that we should be able to truly fully grasp our mind around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, see, so it's saying ruins fundam uh it was of preservation, ruins fundamental opposite. Indeed, a direct confrontation of these two forces would have caused the destruction of both. So if he went and touched preservation's power, he would have died. And preservation would have died. So it would have just killed each other. Okay. <laughs> Still not feeling it, but that's okay. And again, 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 it is one of those things, I, I think, it's one of those things that we as human beings will not really be able to fully grasp our minds around, I mean, understand, like, a human wrote this, so this, this is all just work of fiction, but the concept is, like, you're not supposed to understand it because you're thinking from a human body's perspective with human limitations. These are gods, right? They operate under different physics, different limitations in us. So, Not a work of fiction. It's a work of art. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so basically, chapter 46, says Zed, Breeze, Ariane, they're just kind of sitting around waiting for Spook to arrive. And they see Spook... They they saw Spook jump like two stories high or something, and they're like, "What? How?" And Sezed is thinking that like he's misborn, but Sezed's also saying, thinking like, "Well, you can't just like gain misborn powers out of the blue." But he also is like, "Wait, there's a lot of stuff we don't know about Alamancy." So. I shouldn't rule out this this possibility. Um, and he's just like thinking over it. And then we go over to Spook's side. He's at Beldray's. And I'm getting slight vibes from Ellen and Vin from last book. It just, I don't like this. Really. I'll be honest, I really disagree. Um, I don't think... It's like Vin and Ellen from Wall of Ascension at all. Uh, it is in the sense that it's like a romance, I guess. But it's just, I don't know. It they, theirs feels a bit more organic for what it's worth. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't agree. Uh, well, okay, so what, I guess, uh, is it that you just don't like romance? Or is there a I'm particular... a sucker for good romance. One of my favorite movies is romance wait what's one of your favorite movies your name it's, a, it's an anime movie okay yeah okay so uh what aspect of of their it, of their relationship reminds you of ellen and then from they just are kind of like talking but not talking to each other it's just mm, like okay, okay, okay. Where they're like okay, um, is that what, what they were like though? Oh, well, you're saying like they were just not communicating with each other. Okay, I could see that. I could see how that's kind of annoying. But I yeah. think it's a little bit different. It's actually, in my opinion, is much different for me 
because Ellen and Vin were on the same side, whereas here, and I know that's okay, that seems like kind of a cop out, but no, I with Spook, yeah, clearly he likes her, but at the same time, he's putting the mission ahead of that. I mean, you know, we'll see later where he takes her hostage. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's, uh, it's i think it's different is all i guess i'm just gonna put it leave it at that mm-hmm. um so they're just like kind of talking she calls him like simple or whatever and uh spooks like yo i i was with kelsey and i took over the lord ruler and quellian is who you talking to yeah <laughs> uh and he asked her to come with like him and join him so that there might be able to be a peaceful way of doing things. But then she's like, guards, guards. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, Kelsier is like kind of on the side telling, telling Spook to kill Quillian, but he just, Spook just leaves instead. And it goes back to Breeze and says Ed's side and, Breeze like is asking Sezed why he takes such good care of the 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 flash drives, the metal mines that he has if the flash drives if he doesn't want to use them. And Sezed said that like he won't use them, but other people might. Uh but he won't use them now because it's not gonna do anybody any good right now. Uh, Spook comes back and tells Breeze to spread the truth to everybody else that, like, Quellian's holding families hostage. Uh, and then he tells, and then Spook tells Sezed to put on the metal mines to get, to find out a way to get the water from the lake into the canals. And he plans, Spook plans to take the city uh, to by, like, turning the people against <laughs> Quellian. Um, and then chapter 47, the epigraph is also kind of confusing. It's, and there's a bit of an issue I have here. It's, there seems to be this whole concept of balance and with like ruin and preservation and stuff, but it's also imbalanced because ruin is just like always locked up and preservation, nothing is. (laughs) Nothing well, happens in preservation. <coughs> I think that was the point, though, right? Was that with Ruin locked up, it did cause the imbalance, and that's why we had the whole thousand years of um, Final Empire, and so there was this basic form of corruption. Um, if you look at it from a philosophical, like, higher being standpoint because ruin was locked up the entire time there was no natural decay of the final empire the empire existed longer than it should have there was no natural cycle of rise and fall mm. uh, again i'm not saying that, that that was the argument there but that's my interpretation of it right you had uh I don't even know how to put it. You know, like you had uh, 
I, I don't I don't know how to put it into words. It's just really difficult to explain what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I know. You you had the final empire that existed, you know, that in the in technology was never able to move forward. Society, uh, architecture, culture, art, all that stuff was never able to move forward. You know, the uh, different method of farming. None of, and I'm not saying that just because the final empire didn't collapse and you didn't have that, but that is that is why, right? Because Lord Ruler was holding everything back, humanity was not able to forward. So yeah. if Final Empire was allowed to collapse as it should have been, with if Ruin was out there, um, if Ruin and Preservation were fighting over each other constantly, right, like on equal footing, then you would have had the collapse of the Final Empire, then you would have the rise of a different empire, you would have the, the natural rise fall and just cyclical progression of mankind as you do normally in the real world and now now it seems like preservation is getting weak right and the world is ending so now you have a completely lopsided on the other end now you're worried about everything just collapsing around you now you definitely can't move forward you know what i mean yeah so uh that's how I interpret it, anyways. Uh, where but, is, sorry, go ahead. Where is preservation in all of this, though? Because Ruin is scheming, he's planning, he's controlling Colas, he's got these ash mounts, he's sending Inquisitors to stab kings. Yeah, um, I think that that is actually a really good question, right? Like, where the hell is he? Um, <laughs> I'm guessing. I'm guessing since he was under prison the entire time ruin and then his powers get expanding i'm assuming that he you know he's the one that's more powerful and preservation is getting weaker for whatever reason i'm not understanding i still don't understand that part but i think he's getting weaker and but yeah i mean even if he's weaker where is he right like <laughs> if we assume that he's a mist we still haven't figured out why is it that he's just attacking people <laughs> you know yeah. um why is it that you're just making them sick of the mist? Why is it that some of these guys are just dying? Um, so, yeah, but this epigraph brings up a really, really interesting question. Ruin is looking for his body. What do you think that is? Uh, that black thingy that we saw. That black smoky thing? Yeah, in book the, two. But that was there, right? So, like, as soon as he escaped, where'd it go? Uh, and if it ran away by itself, why did it run away as soon back. as Rune was released? I feel like it would have been much more... Um, If its body had its own, like, consciousness or it's its own entity that thinks for itself. Then why didn't it run away as soon as Ruin was in prison at the Well of Ascension? Why was it sitting there taunting him the entire time? And as soon as it gets away, like, you know, as soon as he, the door's open, he, like, freaks out and runs away. If we're assuming that that thing was his body. Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because they did say something like that, right? That that thing was kind of like his body, but not really. Again, I think it's one of those things that, like, we have a hard time grasping because we're humans. Um, but yes, he's looking for his body. So I don't know. I don't have my I don't have enough evidence. 
So his body was, and, and okay, so the epigraph also says this too, right? But he was still too weak to destroy the world in the blink of an eye as he year to do. This weakness was caused by part of Ruin's power, his very body having been taken and hidden from him. So I don't think that that was his body either, right? Because it was not hidden from him. It was literally right there. So I don't think that that was his body. Okay, yeah. I, and we were just talking about this too. This highlights this that now, or sorry, confirms what I was talking about, that Ruin is stronger than preservation right now. We speak of Ruin being free from his prison, but that is misleading. Releasing the power of the well tipped the aforementioned balance back toward Ruin. So, yeah. Uh, Ruin is more stronger than preservation right now. Mm. Or is he? What I if mean, there's like a trap? I mean, if he's not, then we're basically just going to say, assume that anything read in the epigraph is false. Could be false, right? For the sake of an agenda. And I'm not going down that because, I mean, we got too much details and information from that to just throw away because. Or is he? Uh, so, yeah, go ahead with chapter 47. Uh, okay. Uh, Set is like basically convinced that Vin's dead. Ellen wants to go, but he shouldn't, so he won't. And he hears, like, and Ellen, like, hears fighting, and uh, uh, he sees Demo get punched by Ellen. Sorry, not Ellen, by someone else. And Ellen comes in and is like, yo, why'd you hit my guy? And <laughs> the guy was like, because he's misfallen. Which, which we've seen this word before, just people who, instead of were sick from the mist for days, it was weeks. And Ellen just commands that guy to be executed for some reason, because I guess you can't. I, I mean, it was not for some reason, right? Like, he intentionally hit the general in the face. Like, then, in, a, in a wartime, in a high wartime, like, you'd be shot in, in battle. To my, and I don't know if this is true now, but I've, I heard this a lot when I was in high school because I understand when I was in high school, that was like the peak of the Iraq war. Um, to my understanding, you're in an active battle zone. If a Marine disobeys a direct order from his commanding officer, the commanding officer, again, this is just what I heard. It could be completely wrong. The commanding officer can just shoot and kill that soldier. Now you what? now you, can't just like enact that practice all willy nilly, right? Like you're gonna be investigated, and this is gonna be looked at on every individual basis. But yeah, you know this is, and I don't. The thing is, I don't disagree with his response, right? Like I know, I guess for since you're younger, like there is kind of like that sense of idealistic response like you know how dare you hit him you know like or how dare you call for the execution you know he's one of your soldiers but yeah like, it's like dude he punched you and why is the why is the punishment for punching somebody dead it's not the punishment is not it, it's you're again you're looking at it as a in a vacuum oh he punched the general so the punishment is death no, you are in an active war zone, right? And the world is collapsing around you. And your army is like collapsing in front of you as well, right? Because of infighting. 
because of lack of trust between soldiers. So now you should expect already, that. Huh? So you should expect that. You, okay, Ex- fine, you expect that. But then just because you expect something doesn't mean it's okay. It is not okay, first of all, for them to be behaving this way in the first place anyways. Right? Like you have already tried your best to try and ensure the soldiers that they can be trusted. There's nothing wrong with this. Not only that, you're bringing in religion into the military, right? Because they're, all of this is their assumption under this church is a uh, church of the survivor, which is a brand new religion, might I add. So you're letting your religious views affect your, your faith in your fellow soldiers not just affect your faith but you to the point where you actually attack your general intentionally so so this is but this is just ruling by fear at this point because this is also yeah and and that's sometimes what you need to do ellen has proven at this point since the hero of ages began the book um he has proven that yeah sometimes you just have to rule by fear because people are stupid you can't you can't just say, oh, you can't just be idealistic, I guess I should say, is the right word for it. But ki- not, not killing I- somebody isn't idealistic, though. Yeah, imprisoning if imprisoning not him, him, not killing him simply because, oh, that's mean to do, is idealistic. To it's the not mean, though. It is. Uh, it, that is I mean, mean sorry, it is It is though, mean, like, but it's not the reason. Because, it's, I, because of, uh, uh, it's not right. So that guy... Probably has a family, and he's okay, probably, he probably should have thought of that before. First of all, and he is probably in the face, and he's probably supporting his family and things like so, that. So and is he a soldier? Is this a battleground? Is, is he a soldier? trust between? He's a soldier, right? He is a soldier, and this is a battleground. There, there are in siege, literally actively sieging another city. If this dissension is allowed to continue like this, which he has already done whatever he can to try not to uh, go down this path, right? He he made two separate platoons or companies, one of the misfallen, one of not the misfallen, and he so he already like separated them, which is already not a great idea because originally you kind of form platoons and squads and stuff based off of the expertise of an individual soldier, right? Like you uh, medics and then the people who are good front men, the people who are good support lines and all that stuff. So you form these squads. These are meticulously, uh, if we're look, looking at it realistically, right? Um, these are meticulously formed by detail and by the strength of an individual soldier. And now they had already had to break that up. So they're at performing at suboptimal levels already because they had to separate them into separate companies based off misfallen and not misfallen. And you get in a fight anyways. And now you're again creating more dissension between the lines when now your emperor's wife is kidnapped, who's might I add, is not just an emperor's wife. She's also probably the most powerful human being in the world. So you're t- so you're just gonna cause more dissension. At this point, yes, executing the dude. Uh, while yeah, again, it's it sounds harsh, but hell, it's it's a war. It is a war, and the fate of humanity rests on this, right? Because what they're assuming, based off Ellen's knowledge, is that whatever's in the cache can save more people, or or even has the solution on how to deal with this end of the world. 
Do they do they uh execute their prisoners? Who? These guys, like Ellen's people. Uh I don't know. Because and then if we look at it realistically as well, right? They can take in prisoner, maybe they can do a prisoner exchange because again, remember, Fadrix is the first time Ellen's like army has had to deal with it. Usually he comes forward with a treaty, the person signs it and then they get absorbed into his empire. Uh, the reason I ask is because if you let the, your prisoners of war live, but you don't let your soldier that got a little emotional live, then that's messed up. Um. Yeah, and again, it. I don't think he's had prisoners at all. Um, for the most he part, he had to I have with all that conquest. He had no. I don't think so. Again, right? Because every single city he approached, he said, "Listen, join me." And you and you live. You get access to all my resources. You get added to the empire, so you know you have access to the there's, food and soldiers. There's no way there's been no idiots that didn't like. And I'm sure that they were executed, just like his dad. How does his dad die again? Oh yeah, Vin came in, cut him in half, and oh, the horse yeah. too. I think, if I remember correctly. Oh, the Game of Thrones. Yeah, so that's that's what I'm saying, right? Like, yeah, I get it. But again, you're talking about if this guy's dissension is allowed to continue and it allows to just keep growing, then his he risks his army collapsing. He risks not being able to get his wife back. He risks not being able to save his people. Let's agree, disagree. That's fine. You can continue being an idealistic little Gen Z boy. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, generations now, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so that is the end of chapter forty-seven. That was actually a really great discussion. Uh, discussion. Yeah, um, one that I clearly won. One. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so chapter forty-eight. Uh, the epigraph, kind of not not too much going on there, but just I guess for the sake of continuity. Uh, Ruin is making all the ash mounds emit more ash as his strength has continued to grow. And it does talk about that um, when he first got out, he was just influencing individuals. To, and now it's gotten to the point where he's in, um, able to direct entire Colossus armies, which makes sense. Um, so Vince, uh, she starts thinking, right, that some of the voices that she heard in her, uh, that she heard of Breen's voice. Not all of them could have been ruined. Um, and that's simply because some of the thoughts that she had, uh, or some of Reen's voices' responses, were res direct responses to her thoughts. And as we know, but again, we're going off of Lord Ruler's knowledge. Based off Lord Ruler's knowledge, Ruin cannot read minds. So if he's right, um, some of Reen's voices were, her, I guess, her own manifestation or, or her own thoughts. But it brings up a good question. Why is Sanderson telling us this? Why is he specifying to us that some of Reen's voices were actually not ruined? Uh, I think it's to specify that or to show that uh, ruin isn't in our minds. Or in their minds. But we already know that. 
Yeah. Or are you thinking? Are you thinking so just reiterating? Yeah. Okay. 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 I could. I think I could see that. That kind of makes sense. Um, because he is a very handholdy author. So right now in this book. Yeah, I. I was I was thinking about bringing that up. I'm like, I'm just gonna leave it at that. We already had a pretty good yeah. discussion about handholdy, but I think this could just be another. If our assumption is right, this could just be another example of that. But she does start. Uh, I like that she's not just sitting here just thinking about her life. She is. Okay, you know, I'm not going to waste my time here. Let's just think about what I know and what I don't know. So when I get out, hopefully I've thought of some solution to this whole end of the world. And she starts thinking and she realizes that the mist came out during the day well before Ruin was released. And I completely forgot about this. After Final Empire, the whole length of Well of Ascension, they constantly brought up that the mists were staying out later and later during the day. Um, and that was well before Ruin was released from the Well of Ascension. Which, again, further highlights to us that the mist is not of Ruin. So, more confirmation, I guess, that Ruin, or sorry, the mist is of preservation. Um, and then she also wonders why she herself specifically was someone manipulated by Ruin to release her at the Well of Ascension. Like, why not anyone else? And I, me personally, I think it's one of those things that, like, it could have been anybody or any Mistborn, I guess. But it just chose her because she was just the one available. You know, uh-huh. maybe maybe could have influenced Kelsier, but then he died. Um. And from what we know later, or I think, yeah, uh, I should get to that in a second. Lord Ruler was influenced by over time, so maybe he did try to get him to free him at the Well of Ascension, but Lord Ruler was pretty adamant about not being tricked into it. So, yeah. Um, which, you know, brings up Lord Ruler's text. So she does find some text. And um, this one's kind of sad to read. Lord Ruler's just kind of coming out and saying that, first of all, he claims himself, this is towards the end of the text, but I did want to touch on this first. He claims himself to be the hero of ages. Um, Don't think you're right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's right. Um, But anyways, he does say that he fails. He failed them. Like, you know, if you're reading this, then, you know, I have failed you. Uh, I have failed you, Anakin. I have failed you. Um, Dead man. Sorry, that was a Star Wars interjection. Um, me and my wife are really high on Star Wars right now because we just watched Mandalorian season two. You... For those of you who've seen the finale of season two, it's glorious. You... Uh, don't mind without her. He hasn't even finished season one, so his opinion Mandalorian is null and void. Average. Um, Average, yeah, you're right. As far as you've seen, it is average, so painfully average. So, anyways, (laughs) um, Ruin was influencing Lord Ruler's mind basically at all times. So, this I think is just Sanderson's way of telling us that, like, yeah, Lord Ruler started off as a good guy or as an okay guy. But over time, he kind of just went further and further into madness or... Yeah, I guess madness would be the right way to say it. 
because he Lord Ruler was constantly guarding the Well of Ascension. He knew that after a thousand years, there would be a risk that you know, or that I guess the Well of Ascension would be filled again, and he'd need to take the power again. Uh, so yeah, it's just uh, unfortunate uh, that his mind was corrupted over time, and but he did care about his people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it's like so so weird. <laughs> so I guess it you know it it brings up a interesting point that what if I'm just I'm just thinking like a total conspiracy. What if Ruin intentionally made Lord Ruler insane so that he would become a dictator, so that eventually he would get someone to overthrow him who would free him, who would free Ruin, I mean. Because that's exactly what happened, right? That like he became a dictator. Yeah. Eventually Final Empire fell, and the person that was the catalyst for that um I don't know. Destruction of the final empire, Vin frees him from the well of ascension. Yeah. So, anyways, the chapter ends with the door to the cavern opening. And chapter 49, the epigraph is I did want to talk about this. The Inquisitors couldn't free ruin as a power is of preservation. And uh, so the Inquisitors, because of the hemolurgic spikes, they I guess they couldn't even touch it or enter it um, because that would be hemolurgy, which is of ruin, touching preservation, which is a big no-no. So, <laughs> and they could obviously couldn't remove the spikes because then that would have killed them. But if we're going off of your theory that Vin is using hemolurgy, How did she get to touch the well of ascension? Yeah, maybe it's like only if you are only if you've lost part of your humanity, then you can't touch it or something like that. But the Inquisitor, they don't lose their humanity. Only the Colossus do. All the Inquisitors haven't. Not to my understanding, I don't think so. Oh, then I got nothing. I wonder if we could go back and see. Maybe she wasn't wearing the earrings then. Oh, yeah. But then she would have lost on that power. Yeah, but she wouldn't have needed it then. Well, we never... I, I think I would have picked up on that. Did you? Oh, you probably didn't. That's why I asked you. Well... Even if I did, I wouldn't be confirming or denying right now. <laughs> but yes, um, maybe I don't know. Some uh, someone of the listeners will have to go back and check the well of attention, see if while she was running back, she didn't have her earrings on at the time. But anyways, uh, chapter forty nine just kicks off with Cesar just sitting there thinking about the underground lake. He's planning on stopping the flow of water back into the underground lake. Um, and I guess he's hoping to restore the water up top. And so Breeze is just praising Cesar that he finally found something to keep himself busy from Tindal's loss. Uh, Breeze has always been, so far, been the really good friend to Cesar, constantly helping him through it. 
and I think for for a guy who's not, I guess, qualified, quote unquote, to help someone with depression or loss, he's done a pretty good job overall. Always been there for Sezed, and I can really appreciate that. Uh, yeah, he's a cool dude. <laughs> yeah, I love Breeze. Um, remember, I said that right in Final Empire. I said like Breeze becomes one of your favorite characters. Yeah. Um, I'd want to be his friend. I would, dude. He's awesome. But yeah. anyways, the topic switches to Spook, and Breeze thinks that Spook is becoming a, a force for change, like Kelsier was. Uh. I don't want to say this because Seiza was saying the same thing too, right? That he's a survivor. He's being he's being given the title of survivor by the people, just like Kelsier did. So, which was again, I thought it was really cool. I, I love seeing that evolution of the religion with new "quote unquote" saints, or in their case, the survivors. But yeah, I, I really like that. Um, but anyways, uh. Beldra arrives and Spook basically takes her as a hostage, which I thought was hilarious. Um, and Beldra's like, "No, you can't." It's like, "Watch me." Um, <laughs> and he's just gonna spread the rumor that the citizen's own sister left the citizen and joined with Ellen's camp. And, I think that's what yeah. Beldra wants too. Honestly. I think she secretly. I thought about that too. That I think she secretly wants that too. She says she didn't, but I think yeah. she did. But anyways, the epigraph for chapter that was the end of chapter forty nine. Um, so the epigraph for chapter fifty is just the hate uh, the hero of ages. He's just praising Ruin's craftiness on bringing down the Lord Ruler and how he orchestrated his own freedom. Um, he's just saying that it was really well done, and I have to agree. <laughs> Uh, maybe it was a little too well done, like, but you know, <laughs> it is a god, so true. So Vin's just trying to escape from the cash, and then she's in the room, uh, of filled with like just some workers and and Teldon, which is one of Elden, Elden, my God, Elden, Elden, one of Elden, Elden. <laughs> yeah, one of Ellen's friends, and he offers her two choices: wine. Or a sedative, and if they take the sedative, then they'll all be allowed to come up. Um, and they kind of go back and forth, like with a battle words here. And Finn doesn't really see another option, right? Like, uh, he refute he's not going to let her pretend to go out, like pretend to sleep, and then call out that hey, you know, she went out, let her let us back up. Uh, and you know, um. And he said, like, you know, you can try and break me, and that could work, I guess, but it's, you know, not much good, because as soon as they hear me scream, they're going to know that you forced me into it. Uh, so he, um, so her plan is that she's just going to burn pewter, which is going to try and, uh, you know, try and defend her from the sedative. It doesn't work, the sedative, just like burns through the pewter, like, instantly. And she passes out. And this is a really short chapter. And chapter 51 is pretty short as well. Um, Ruin, the epigraph is just talking about the Ruin. When he first came out, he would uh, spike people who were kind of crazy at first. So if they started acting a little bit differently in front of their peers, like you didn't really notice because they're already crazy. (laughs) Um, 
Ellen is just coin jumping his way to a nearby village, which is under attack. Yes, yes. Um, so Ellen is ju- uh, coin jumping to a nearby village, which uh, is under attack by like 30,000 Coloss or so. And he tries to control them, but can't. Eventually he does by using his Duralumin. But and I have a feeling that the reason he can't goes back to the previous epigraph we just talked about, I think like one or two chapters up, that Ruin is getting stronger and stronger. So I think his grip on the Colossus is getting stronger. Um, and eventually, like I said, uh, Ellen's able to control him with Duralumin, but I think this brings up another possible stress point for Ellen that if this uh, all-powerful god is about to get stronger and stronger, um, you should probably think about attacking Fadric sooner rather than later, because if he loses control of those Kolos army, that's sitting right next that's to the like soldiers. All of, yeah. That's a ticking time bomb, dude. Like, yeah. yeah, maybe he might be able to kill them all, but, like, they can do some that serious damage. Yeah. So he, he needs to think about moving forward with those Kolos, and which... Sucks because Vin is still captured. Um, yeah, so the village is destroyed, completely raised to the ground. He did not succeed in protecting the village, but the survivors, um, they come out and they see him like covered in blood and his mist cloak, you know, just black and stuff. And they ask him, "Are you? You're him, right? You're you're the Lord Ruler." And he says, "Close enough." <laughs> uh, which again, I really like Alan's character here. He it's kind of this acceptance of yeah, you know. I mean, he is an emperor too, right? Like this is his empire, so he even has the same uh, title as the Lord Ruler, essentially. Um, but yeah, overall, um, not too. This whole. Uh, episode didn't cover too much as far as moving this plot forward but i did feel like there was a lot more information in the world and i guess maybe history is not the right word but just the way that the world works from the way that the ruin and preservation work and the way that the hemolurgy and all that stuff works that i feel like this is really laying down the ground piece for, for the explosion, yeah, and it's definitely you can feel it. I don't know, can you like, can you feel it? Not like, really, you can't. I, I can feel it, dude. And I, I felt that back when I was reading it. Um, I was like, dude, we're getting close to the end here, and I, I could feel it mounting. The only um, reason I can feel it is because the back of the book has a fitting page count, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell that Santa Lange is for sure coming. But book yeah, ones was the most like sporadic, like out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. The book one that had, that's what got me hooked. I was I remember reading Final Empire. I'm like, okay, let's go now. You know, come on, me let's too. go. It's uh, kind of running out of pages here. And I actually went back and checked where the actual <clears throat> excuse me where the actual last page was. I of course didn't read anything, but because you know there's the glossary and the acknowledgments and like. Yeah. I guess the trailer for the second book. Um, so I'm like, okay, so we're, if we eliminate these last like 
40, 50 pages. You are really running out of pages here, dude. Like, <sighs> come on, Brandon. Like, I, I, I started getting worried. I was like, is he just going to leave this open-ended ending? Like, that just picks that where the second book picks up right where the first one leaves off. But yeah, I remember when it exploded. I was like, what is happening? <sighs> um, that's how I, fe- I felt like the entire ending of Hero Ages was just beautifully done. And I, I'm so excited. Um, but yeah, that all about doing from us for that episode. That was just the first half of part four, Beautiful Destroyer. Um, we're going to finish off Beautiful Destroyer next time around uh, with chapters 52 to 58. Um, and that this is the second to last part, guys. We're, we're about trust. Yeah, we're, we're pretty close to finishing up Year of Ages. As always, please join us on... Um, uh, follow us on Twitter at pod underscore bookkeeper. Join us on, on our Discord. Uh, the link is on all the show note pages. Um, uh, follow us on t- t- uh, on TikTok at um, Keepers of the Book. Same thing for Instagram. Um, I'm about to actually post a hype video for Expanse. Uh, the first four, I think, yeah, first four episodes so far have come out. And oh my god, episode four that just came out yesterday is the best episode of Expanse. But yeah, so episode four of Expanse came out yesterday. And oh my god, it that was one of the best. That's probably the best episode of Expanse, period. Um, so yeah, for those of you who are not on Expanse so far, get on Expanse. Probably my favorite sci-fi tv show of all time um very excited for this finale um yeah that's enough for me until next time guys thank you thank you